0: You're listening to St. Pius 10th Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, Father Poirier um, was um, getting crazy at festivals, so the diocese had to send our beloved Missionaries of Charity to come check in on me. Uh, and so thank you, sisters. I am still alive. huh? Uh, now, uh, our sisters were established here by St. Teresa of Calcutta herself, and this fruit of that saintly missionary is still bearing fruit in our diocese, and it is a joy to always have nuns in our diocese, a tradition that's called True Spouses of Jesus Christ, a beautiful vocation to serve God and to serve the poor. Thank you, sisters. Um, some of you, maybe most of you, may remember that we, Father Brady and myself, have started a preaching series on the seven sacraments. This preaching series has been done since the beginnings of the church, called Mystagogy. Uh, the tradition was that the church would bring in the newly baptized into the church on Chris, on Easter Sunday, And for the next 50 days, the next seven Sundays of Easter would break open the sacraments. There are seven sacraments. There are seven Sundays of Easter. That's no coincidence. The Church saw this from the very beginning. And so with that, Father Brady and myself have begun this preaching series. If you've missed a homily, by either Father Brady or myself, know that they're all recorded. They're put on our website and kind of put on different audio apps, Spotify, Apple Music. And also, if you want to go a little bit deeper into them, we also have a podcast. Uh, Beyond the Homily is done once a week where we break open a little bit more in depth uh, the readings and what was preached on because a 10-minute homily, it's hard to break open what our Lord says. And so the podcast allows for that. For my preaching series, I said I would start off with something very general about the sacraments and then move into the sacrament of the day. So in the past, I've talked about why we even have sacraments. Why are there seven sacraments? Today, I wanna begin by saying why are there sacraments that can be repeated and there are sacraments that cannot be repeated? There are different ways to divide up the sacraments, right? We can look at sacraments. Some of them have primarily a personal holiness to gain, while the other sacraments have more of a communal Holiness to gain. This personal sanctification versus sanctifying the community, another way to look at it, which we did last week, was to look at the sacraments as benchmarks in our life. Just how we have a natural life, we also have a supernatural life with different benchmarks throughout. The other way is if a sacrament can be repeated or not. For the non-repeatable sacraments, there would be baptism, confirmation, and holy orders. For repeatable sacraments, those would be the Eucharist, confession, anointing of the sick, and marriage. Now, marriage is a repeatable sacrament, uh, if the spouse passes away, till death do us part. Now I know uh, some of our congregation, we make use in the Catholic Church of what's called of an annulment. An annulment process says that the sacraments never happen. I won't go into the details of that uh, because that is a homily for another day. But I just want to let you know marriage can be repeated, not because um, it's not sanctified or it's not holy, but because till death do us part. The first of those three sacraments that cannot be repeated, it's because they give what's called a sacramental character, an indelible mark on the soul. It's like a seal that's imprinted in wax. It cannot be removed. Nothing can eliminate it once it's imprinted. It remains forever even if that person decides later on uh, to deny it. There are references in the New Testament, in the Gospels, the letters, about this character, this seal that cannot be removed. As an example, this idea that's growing more and more popular today of rebaptism, or on the other side of the spectrum, the denial of my baptism. Know that these two things that are growing more and more popular are impossible. Re-baptism, or the idea of denying my baptism, is impossible. It's kind of a new idea, really. It has never been done before in Christianity history. I think, I legitimately think someone just had the idea one day and it grew in popularity. It just sprang out of nowhere very recently. As an example, parents. Once you have a child, you go through the nine months and however many hours, sometimes days in the hospital. Once you have your child, guess what? That's your kid. (laughs) That's your kid. Forever. Even if, later on, the child may grow up to deny it, or uh, you go through those terrible twos, and maybe sometimes you want to deny it. That's your child. Forever. Forever. Why would we hold God to a lesser standard? Once we are baptized, we are a child of God forever. He does not forsake us, even sadly, if sometimes we do. And that's the sacrament I want to go into baptism. Baptism in sacred scripture, or first in the Old Testament, water is a symbol of cleansing, of healing, of salvation, even destruction. After our Lord's resurrection, Christ told his apostles, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the close of the age. In our Lord's own baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, our Lord made the waters of the earth holy. Throughout the Gospels and the New Testament, baptism is constantly referenced. St. Paul, in his first letter to Corinth, writes about how he baptized the entire household of Stephanus, including his children. That's why, as Catholics, we absolutely baptize our infants. The parents and godparents supply the desire for the child to be made a child of God. This practice was done from the absolute earliest times in the church, recorded in every age, even throughout the first century. That's actually a fun little project for some of our historians here. Just like... we have writings from the first century, which we call Scripture, the New Testament. We have writings from other Christians, saints, that lived at the exact same time period. And in every single case, they talked about baptism of children. Baptism of kids, of infants is recorded not only in sacred scripture but throughout the first century, second century, and every century since then. What about baptism for today? Baptism forgives and cleanses our soul of original sin and any actual sin that we may have committed if we're older. Baptism imprints an indelible mark on the soul, a character, a seal. It makes us children of God, giving us the grace and making us temples of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is necessary and makes it possible for us to enter into heaven. The sacrament of baptism opens up the entire spiritual life for us throughout our life. We are just constantly unpacking the graces of baptism kind of like how an acorn becomes an oak tree. That big oak tree, a hundred years later, everything was contained in that little acorn. So it is for me and you. The entire life of holiness is contained within baptism. And throughout life, we're just trying to unpack it more and more. There are other types of baptism besides baptism by water. There is something called baptism by desire or baptism by blood. For baptism by desire, let's say that someone dies before they're baptized, uh, such as the terrible case of a stillborn or a miscarriage. The parents would say, I would have my child baptized. Well, we would call that baptism by desire. God provides the grace, of course. Or in the other end, the baptism by blood, today in our world, there are more martyrs than in any other age. A very surprising fact that people still die for our faith. Well, some of those people going to be baptized but are killed before they're baptized, we would say they are baptized by blood. They're martyrs. Their reward is great in heaven. Baptism makes us children of God, something that can never be forsaken or lost, sadly, even if sometimes we may want it to. God is our Father forever, and he honors that. The Father is faithful. We use water because it washes away all our sin, both original and actual sin. Uh, the water is a baptism, just like throughout Scripture. Scripture both creates and destroys. It destroys our sin and creates new life. The sacrament of baptism opens up for us the entire spiritual life. So of course, baptism is necessary for salvation and we give praise and honor to God for this sacrament of salvation.